The following podcast is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com. The hashtag H2O Podcast 100. That is what you use to send us your questions because our 100th episode is right around the corner and you can ask us anything. It's your one chance to... uh, to get an answer and try to stump the host. Hi, everybody. One uh, chance. Yeah, one one chance. That's it. That's it. My name is Jason uh-huh. Hunt. I am here in the bunker and uh, across the the telephone lines, Mr. Timothy Harvey. Hello there. And we have been sitting for the last, oh, I don't know, forty five minutes, trying to figure out what we're going to talk about this week. Um, and it's not, it's not that we don't have a lot of things we couldn't talk about. Yeah, it's just it, it's just there are so many different things that all kind of hit at once, and some of them, some of them categorize into our other podcasts. I mean, the, you know, this this being DC week, we had a lot of DC TV shows are all back this week. So uh, and we don't want to we don't want to cannibalize ourselves. Exactly. Yes. So that's going to be a discussion we'll have on the Rogues Gallery, which is another podcast you can hear. Uh, here on Sci-Fi from Your Radio, um, the, all the Marvel stuff is is out. We've got casting news there, and we've got uh, rumors, and all of that will be bandied about on level eleventy-seven. Uh, there is a court case that looks to be going to the Supreme Court involving copyright and just what exactly can be considered. Um, under copyright in terms of clothing design, and uh, I know a lot of cosplayers are keeping an eye on this case because it could have an impact there. Uh, the case itself involves cheerleader uniforms, um, so it's not it's not directly involving cosplayers, but it it could have an uh, it could have some unintended consequences, I guess we could say. That's that's coming, but I think that's going to be a a conversation we need to have with a little bit more information under our belt. We need to let that that simmer for a little bit longer to see uh, a what's what exactly is in the case and and b how far along they are because if that goes to the Supreme Court, it's going to be summer before uh, before we get anything out of that. So that that could very well be an echo chamber uh, discussion here pretty soon. Um, yeah, because there's, there's a couple of things there that just to bear in mind for the folks who are listening to this and might be a little worried. Um, it's possible it could be a reason for worry. It's possible it may not be because sometimes these things are decided very narrowly. Yeah. And, and it, they can, it can basically be going, you know, in this case, under these circumstances, this is whatever. But it may not have a larger impact. But uh, right. the reason a lot of people are concerned is because... Not every one of the, and not every legal decision applying to something else doesn't have impacts that ripple out. So, yeah. well, and I think yeah, we'll, we'll get some more information on that. Yeah, I think this particular case involves derivative product. So basically, you've got a company that's got a trademark design, patented design, copyrighted design of a particular type of cheerleader outfit, and then you've got some group. Well, it, I, it's kind of like The Asylum. The Asylum makes the knockoff movies. 
You've got a co- you've got companies out there apparently that are making knockoffs of the the copyrighted design and and they're going after them for that. So it's it's something that we're going to have to do a little bit more research on and uh, and take a look at a little bit more closely before we really get into discussing it. And of course, we've got the Oscar right. nominations. Uh, we can talk about a little bit about that. The snubs of the of the science fiction films that did not get, but there were other things. Uh, involving the Oscars this year that I'd really rather stay away from like a time bomb because the race thing is a whole another type of show that we don't cover. So, right. you know, and I think it, that uh, while we can, I think at some point in the not too distant future, we, we, we can, we can talk about, you know, some of the, I think it wouldn't be, wouldn't be bad to sit there and maybe have a, a show where we take a look at, uh, the history of science fiction films and the Oscars and the big nominations, because there haven't been that many uh, that have got the nod. But at the same time, um, because of the social aspect, um, I think I'd rather be a, a little see a, a little further along in all of this before yes. we touch it. I tell you um, what, let's let, let's do this. The air right now. Sometimes, sometimes we sit around like this and we dither and bandy about a lot of different topics. Let's okay. let's open this up because we've got we've got the hashtag for the Ask Me Anything, uh, the Ask Us Anything uh, episode coming up, episode one hundred. But let's open this up as well. H two O at sci-fi for me dot com, or you can call our hotline area code five seven three forty two sci-fi. And if you have a particular topic that you would like to see us dis- hear us discuss. At some point in the near future, uh, I know Ray is still waiting for us to talk about anime, um, and we probably should do that at some point. Uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah. we should. Yes, because well, and not only the fact that now we have now we have our horror for me website. Yes, um, we have because uh, <laughs> I did I did a thing today. You did a thing. I did a, I did a thing, and oh. that thing was. I started going out and looking at what uh, what horror films are coming out or have just come out that I had no idea about. Nope. And the same thing applies to anime. Uh, because anime and science fiction and anime and horror have a long history with each other. And I think what may end up having to happen at some point in the not-too-distant future is not only do we sit down... And we dive into the anime world as we've been telling, <laughs> say we're going to do for a while now. Yes. Um, but uh, we also open that up because um, for as long as, as, as Japanese animation has been playing in the science fiction world, they've also been playing in the horror world. So there's a lot of stuff for us to, to look at and explore. Right. And... And, you know, I think one of the things that we've seen with the rise of studios like Pixar is the the idea of animation speaking to adults uh, in a way that the perception has been it has not. Yeah. Uh, which is which is completely which is completely odd considering that, you know, when Bugs Bunny was out, that stuff was aimed at everybody. You know, it was not a uh, it was not a kid's show, no. per se. Duck at your um, head, Gina Lola Brigida. You remember that? In the, when, uh, uh, it was a Tweety and Sylvester. 
and it was they were in Venice. And they're on the gondolas, and Sylvester is chasing Tweety, and he slams into the bridge and falls into the water. And I remember, I, I remember this because I was in college in North Texas when I saw this. It was on. It was, I, I don't even remember why we had the TV on. But he fell into the water, and it says, Ducky, go ahead, Gina, Lola, Bridget. And I said, oh, now I get that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm in my so, 20s, so, yeah. But so, so for American audiences, it has become this idea that animation is for kids. But in, uh, with anime and manga and that sort of stuff, that culturally, mm -hmm. it's just been another way of telling stories for, for um, Japanese audiences. I ran across um, an article, and I don't remember where this was. I saw the headline. I got an email alert. Um, I want to say it was either Hollywood Reporter or Variety. Uh, might have been Deadline. Apparently, there's some very, very wealthy person in China who is uh, making moves to build a Pixar type of company over there. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't read the article. I was in the middle of a couple of other different projects at the time, but I'll, I'll have to go back and dig that up. But, but yeah, it looks like they're trying to, trying to build a Chinese Pixar. Well, I wish them all the luck. I think the the Pixar the Pixar success story is something I think um, might not be quite as easy to replicate in a um, communist country. No matter well, no matter where you are, yeah. because uh, so much of this stuff. There's so many different ways all of this could have gone wrong, and when you look at the string of hits Pixar has had. Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, some of these, some of these, uh, you know, you look at the, uh, Paramount or Sony or Warner Brothers or any of these large, you know, these big studios and how many of them can you sit there and say their track record picture by picture by picture by picture, um, statistically is as good as Pixar's. Yeah. So that's a tough. That's a tough thing. I wish. I wish the folks. Uh, you know, if they if they want to do that, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a gigantic market, and they hopefully will have lots of viewers. But, um, it's, well, uh, you know where they got to start. They challenge. they start with Boonie Bear, and uh, and they should be okay. Uh, <laughs> Because, you know, Boonie Bear 3 beat out Star Wars in China second weekend that Star Wars was out. Boonie Bear 3 came out. It's an animated animated feature based on a TV show that's over there on CCTV. And uh, and it's... Star Wars had a... We reported this on Salacious Crumbs. Uh, Star Wars had a 70% drop in box office from week one to week two in China. Well, but they also don't have the cultural impact of Star Wars in China. It's right. not. They right. don't. It didn't have the, you know, the the, you know, it's, it's when you have a when you have what it's certainly at the time in the 1970s, uh, was a much more closed society than they are now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they it just didn't it didn't have the cultural impact over there. So, uh, to them, to a, a you know significant chunk of that audience, it's just another science fiction movie. Right. Well, and and that could so. be something that could be something we look at at some point is is the impact that science fiction has had on the American culture. Where 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 we've been prior to things like 
Star Trek and 2001 and Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica and all of that and and see if we could trace back at least in the in the popular culture because you know yes we've had Heinlein and Asimov and 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 the the literary side of things um, but I I'm wondering because how much how much of our technology you know, we talk about the holodeck, and we talk about the, the cell phone, and, you know, personal computers that sit on your desk, and, and stuff like that. A lot of that came out of, you know, inspiration from reading science fiction, or watching science fiction. That, that, that may be something we can delve into at some point. Um, yeah, well, and I think that, I think that, you know, you... Much as we have, we've kind of looked at a little bit of the history of various kinds of things uh, um, on sci-fi for me, and, and hopefully going to do a lot more of that with, with horror for me as well. The history of how the genre has changed and what's what how things have dealt with, you know, the the arc of sci-fi and fantasy being more than pulp entertainment. Mm, yeah, uh, being the slightly uh, mainstream. Can we go with mainstream? Can we use the word mainstream to describe? I, I think we can. I, I think we can. Well, I mean, Twitter, Twitter has been all abuzz with the fact. Okay, you've got, you've got at any given time. You know, we we've got Gotham, Supergirl, Once Upon a Time, Shadowhunters, Shannara Chronicles, Arrow, Flash. Um, the 100, Legends of Tomorrow, um, Agents, uh, Agents of Shield, Agent Carter. Um, what else? What else is in there? Uh, Heroes. Um, now Second Chance, and we have coming up. X Files coming back. We had, we had Minority Report for a while. We've got. Um, Constantine was here. I mean, it's just one right after the other. Boom, 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 boom. All of, all of these shows that have been that are that are most of them are relatively popular and successful, and it's all genre. You know, we we were talking the other day. You know, the fact that on Tuesday night. Uh, when we were watching the Captain America special, and then we we're watching two hours of Agent Carter at the same time, we've got um, the the two DC specials, and then the Flash returned, and then over on MTV we got Teen Wolf, and we got Shannara Chronicles, and we got Shadowhunters. All of that, all all of that on the same night. Yeah. And and it's it's flabbergasting that we've come this far in and and most of it's pretty good in terms of quality too. Um some of it, some of it's a little dodgier than others, but you know, some people are getting into the game late. They're okay. It's it, you know, it's it's a process. But yeah, oh, I think goodness. you're right. I think it's 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 very interesting to see just how much how how we have become the mainstream. The geeks have inherited the earth, I guess, it, as as it were. Well, and I yeah, it's it, for for good and for ill. Um, I think uh, um, there are certainly some uh, 
some pros and cons to to that. Well, did you see? Um, did you see that uh, uh, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates are going to be in uh, are are going to be the subject of a of a show that's going up on Broadway? Yeah, I saw that. Crazy. Um, I'm not quite sure how that. Uh, uh, I, you know what? I don't know about that. I'll be honest. And and here's the reason. Um, we've had. How many Steve Jobs movies oh, have we I had over know. the last decade? There's well, three. When are we going to get Waz? When does Waz get a movie? Oh, good Lord, I don't even know. Right? Uh, and that's kind of the thing. It's, I mean, I think as interesting as... It, it's, you know, as interesting uh, as the rise of the personal computer is, and certainly it, is, it has transformed the world. I mean, there's just no way around it. It, it really has changed everything, right? Yep. yep. Um, and the fact that, you know, uh, I'm talking to you uh, through a connection through the computer that sits in my pocket uh, that I call a phone. Right. Even though that's only one of the things that it does. Um, that's amazing. That's incredible. But at the same time, while we have, like, this, these personalities that become famous because of the technology they create. Uh, and they have interesting lives because, you know, a lot of very creative people often do the very interesting lives. Uh, and people who don't create a lot of interesting things also have very interesting lives. Um, we don't necessarily want a movie about it. <laughs> That's less three. Or four? Yeah. Well, when, and, when, didn't and, they? Wasn't there a series here a couple of years ago about? Uh, it was a mini series. It was on TV, right? Um, I want to say Will Wheaton well, was there, in it, or Noah Wiley. Oh, uh, it was either well, no, there was a, there, yeah, it was Noah Wiley. There is that ongoing. Yeah, Noah Wiley played Bill Gates, right? Oh, you know what? I think I have vague memories of was that. that. Was that I an don't... H? Was that HBO? I want to say that it was HBO. Might, that might be, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and then, and you know, they've got the uh, what's that? What's that show? It's one of one of the cable networks. It's about the, the dawn of personal computing. Oh right, 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 right. Personal um, company, yeah, yeah. Now, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, and so there's, there is kind of an audience for that, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting thing where uh, you. I don't know. It's like it's like as much as I want to see, uh, I would want to see a a biography of Asimov or a biography of of uh, Heinlein or you know um, the, they could be very very interesting and exciting and cool. But when you think about it, the the audience is very limited. Is about. Well, but I, and I think that's the problem with something like a, a, a bio of, of, you know, Steve Jobs. Yeah. Um, because al- although the impact of Apple is huge, um, the how much do we really care about his, you know, no, and no, no offense to him and to, 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 right. to him at all, of course. Yeah. But how much do we, you know, I. I, really I mean, don't care. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a few apples in my in my refrigerator. I haven't eaten yet. I mean, they've just been sitting there. 
So, you know, it's not been top of my list either. Ha, ha, ha. He's a funny. Um, <laughs> well, okay. And, you know, you, you, well, actually, you mentioned uh, uh, Minority Report. And that was one of the, uh, the casualties, uh, the, science, the, the genre casualties of this right. TV season. And um, it's because it wasn't any good. Yeah, everybody's got to step it, up because there is so much now. You know, if it's if it's not any good at all, or if it's just mediocre, it's going to die a quick death. I think. Well, and I, and I think that it, it's interesting because you know, we've talked about this before. The going back to, um, you know, the we talk about it a lot with probably the eighties, but you know, you look at something like. Uh, you look at something like Minority Report. When did that film come out? Oh, what, 2001? 2003, yeah, so, something like that? So, you know, you look at something that's over a decade old, and you do a TV series based on a movie. Um, and I don't know that, I mean, as much as, much as I think Minority Report is, is a really good science fiction movie. Hmm. Um, it is a good movie in general, but it's certainly a very good science fiction film, and it's um, it's an adequate uh, adaptation of Philip K. Dick. Um, like so many other things, it's, his stuff really doesn't translate well, right? Um, and you have to take a lot of liberties with it just to make it uh, uh, make it work in terms of general narrative storytelling. Um, although Man in a High Castle, generally speaking, got some really rave reviews. Right. Um, that's cool. But um, yeah, I, I, I really wanted to like Minority Report um, because I did enjoy the film, and um, it just didn't. It just wasn't any good. It just didn't. It it didn't gel. It it, it was no, it was no it didn't. It was too much. Uh, stuff that we've seen before in other shows. Well, and it also felt a lot like a... It felt very... Um, uh, it felt low budget in a way that you really couldn't have that be low budget. Yeah. You know, it didn't feel like a... a um, I didn't have it didn't have that sense of the world being uh, a future world. It, it felt it felt too much like now, um, and the, so and I think that was just a sense of scale. But unfortunately, uh, you just can't do anything about when you're func functioning on a TV budget. Um, yeah, but uh, at least Extant got canceled. Um, <laughs> So I think that uh, um, oh, and Beauty, Beauty and the Beast is ending this year too. Yep, yep, going into its final season. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I you know, and I I have to say I watched I watched very little of Extant. I didn't um, I didn't see any of it. 
it lost me. It lost me pretty early. Uh, I'm afraid. Um, and if if other people um, enjoyed it, uh, good. I, I, I'm I'm happy for them. But it yeah, it lost me really early. Yeah. Um. And uh, I'm I, I was like oh. It's still on the air? Okay. Oh, now it's gone. All right. Fine. Yeah. So, and no offense to Holly Berry, uh, uh, but uh, I'm afraid. And I, I, that's one of those. That's a writing. That, that whole show is writing problems as far as I can tell. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing with Heroes Reborn. Also gone. Uh, yep. No plans for a second season, from what I hear. And uh, to read to read Mr. Pryor's recaps, apparently it's not going to be anything that anybody's going to miss. And right. I, he, yes. won't, and, he won't miss and, it. And you know, I, well, here's 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 a really here's a really good question. When you have a show that was as good as the first season of Heroes was, and there were some missteps, the ending was very rushed. Um, but overall, you know, you had interesting characters. You had you you shaped. Uh, the you know the environment in a way that really made the world they were living very interesting and and all these neat things going on with the characters and then you have the right was it the second season was the writer's strike yeah that's when that happened yeah um, and how much that derailed so much I mean, yeah. that that damaged so many programs and so many shows um, I mean there were shows that didn't come back after the writer's strike, just because, you know, their window had passed. And, um, and that's a show that never found its footing again. Um, and well, and, away, and right after, uh, it was either during the writer's strike or after the writer's strike, they changed producers, too. Yeah, um, well, and I think that, uh, uh, that certainly had an impact. I think that, and we've seen that on a lot of different shows, where... Yeah. You change producers, and, and it can completely gut your 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 show if you lose a lot. You know, well, and a lot of times, you know, if you lose your your creator, um, which we've seen happen in, in a lot of shows, whether they're genre or not. You know, that original creator of the show is booted off or or moves on to another project uh, because they weren't planning on being there for more than you know a season or whatever. Right. Uh, that has a real impact. So. You know, it's like we. Yeah, I was kind of cautiously excited about heroes coming back, but only cautiously because, you know, as much as as much as I I think we you know shouldn't be remaking good movies, we should go get the crappy ones and remake those and make them right this time. <laughs> um, uh, Hollywood, I will give you that idea for free. Uh, you can do that. I, I will let you have that one. Um, and, but <sighs> yeah, going back to a TV show that had a downward spiral. Um, I don't know. It's just it. I'm. It, it seemed like it never. It, they didn't. They didn't have the story, the right story, to bring it back with. Right. And I think that makes a big, big difference. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, 
<laughs> well, and, you know, okay. So we've got we've got this burst of, we've got this burst of genre programming, and I can think of a lot of different TV shows to bring back uh, that well, didn't have the right endings. By my count, and I've been I've been I've been doodling a list. Well, we'll get into that after the break. Let's because uh, I want to I want to double check my count here, but I. I am floored at this list. So we'll get into that right after this from uh, SuperheroStuff.com. They have the Hero Box, 70 bucks worth of product for 40 something dollars. I think right now they're doing a, a, a Deadpool Hero Box uh, in anticipation of the movie that's coming out next month. Wait, is there a Deadpool movie coming out? There's a Deadpool movie coming out, and China, yeah. and China doesn't hey. want it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's that's coming. Um, and then uh, so we'll so we'll we'll take a break here and uh, let you hear from superhero stuff. And we do we do recommend that if you need stuff or want stuff, uh, they're a good place for a lot of uh, a lot of licensed merchandise. Um, we like course, them. We like them very much. It's official, not like the um, Matt the Radar Technician action figure. They they do not have that. They do not have that yet. But uh, we're gonna. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, the operative word. I sent an email. It's funny. I sent an email to Tracy at Lucasfilm, and yeah. I said, "Have you have you heard about this? Or, or is this a thing? Is this a thing that, or is this just a a, a custom thing?" And uh, she sent a note back to me. She's like, "Oh, that's funny, but I don't know anything about it. I'm gonna have to look into that." Oh no! <laughs> and then I thought, "Uh oh, <laughs> what did I just do?" Unleash the hounds. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully there are not any legal per- repercussions off of that. I mean, it's it's a custom job. It's it's you know. Oh yeah, and and the, and there's a there's a there's use. a lovely history of yeah. custom jobs. So yeah. All right. So we we'll we will take a break and uh, continue our discussion of random flotsam and jetsam and bits and bites when H two O continues. Podcasting is our superpower. This is Sci Fi for Me Radio. Where can you get the latest cool superhero and sci-fi merchandise? SuperheroStuff.com From t-shirts to keychains to cookie jars and everything in between. Superhero Stuff has added more buyers to the staff, which means more stuff, which means more for you to choose from. And don't forget the Hero Box, the must-have superhero mystery box. A $70 value, just $49. Visit SuperheroStuff.com today and gear up with your favorites. SuperheroStuff.com where heroes shop. Behind the scenes tidbits, production notes, casting, news, games, toys, reviews, interviews, we've got a little bit of everything. Plus, you can sound off with your thoughts and comments, and who knows, you might be in our next episode. Star Wars news, we call it Salacious Crumbs, and you can check out new episodes only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Whoa, where'd you get that shirt? Bought it at the convention last week. It's an atomic cotton design. Atomic cotton? Yep, they got t-shirt designs from sci-fi, horror, cult films. All the shirts were really unique and fun. I had to get one. I gotta wait for another convention, though. Nope. AtomicCotton.com. I ordered a shirt. Shipping was super fast. Atomic Cotton, where Erica and Zach combine their passion for art and film to create wearable art. All original, made with a love for the genre. Coming to a convention near you very soon. Or find them on the web at AtomicCotton.com. Atomic Cotton. Shirts and art for fans by fans. This is meteorologist Brian Busby. If you're traveling to a convention, be sure to check the weather. We have the latest forecast on the conventions page every week at SciFiForMe.com. Back on H2O, Jason Hunt here along with Timothy Harvey. Hello. And by my count, 
57. 57 television series that are either on the air now, just recently canceled, or in development. This is a this is an astonishing list. Uh, oh, yeah. Not fifty seven, fifty eight, because I forgot Helix. All right, so I just I just I just want I don't know that anybody has ever gone through this list. Should I go through this list? Well, yeah, you this know what? Hey, very like, why not? List. Um, All right, because it's, it's this is actually a really interesting time for genre television because right now we just got the news abc uh we're in we're getting in we're getting into pilot season abc right. has just given a pilot order for an imaginary friend series and then uh uh the the and i think that's coming from the people who do the goldbergs and then there's another one uh sean ryan and eric kripke I think are doing a, a time travel action drama over in NBC. Those are the two brand new ones. Is that the one called In Time? Uh, that could be. Yeah, that could that could yeah, be. I don't. I don't know anything about that one yet. <laughs> and then we've got well, um, uh, no, it's even more than that because we'll see. Where am I at? 55, 56, 57, 58. Because Netflix, who is it that's picking up that that uh, graphic novel, The Mortal something? Um, okay, so there's that one, so there's 58. All right, so Once Upon a Time, Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, Teen Wolf, this is in no particular order, by the way, Constantine X-Files, Dominion, uh, Containment, Continuum, Supernatural, um, The 100, uh, Shadowhunters, Legends of Tomorrow, Flash, Arrow, um, Supergirl, Minority Report, Almost Human, Shannara Chronicles, Dark Matter, Killjoys, The Expanse. Um, <laughs> Lucifer, Defenders, Man of the High Council, uh, Man, Man, Man of the High Council, Man of the High Ca Castle, um, Gotham, uh, Agent Carter, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Sense8, which was over on Netflix. And I think there's, I think there's a couple of others on Netflix that I, that I missed on this one. Uh, I said Dominion. Um, Dominion. Dominion is canceled. Yes, Dominion is canceled. Uh, Defiance, Beauty and the Beast, The Vampire Diaries, The Originals, uh, Extant, you mentioned, Heroes Reborn, I, Zombie, uh, Supernatural... Um, Outlander, Orphan Black, Doctor Who, Class, which is the new Doctor Who spinoff that's coming. Uh, right. And, and you would say, you would argue that Person of Interest is semi-science fiction genre-ish. Yes? Uh, I, yeah, well, yeah. In fact, in fact, we're getting our last season, we think. Yeah. And uh, then, that's, 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 uh, that's the word, and this is the end. And it, at this point, yeah, it's all, it's, a, it's an AI war. So... It's definitely science fiction at this and point. And we've got but it's also also now, which actually works surprisingly well. Right, we've got a new Star Trek coming. Yeah, uh, we've got Hellfire and Legion. We've got Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist, The Defenders, uh, Damage Control, 
which is one right. of the Marvel things. Then we've got DC's insurance comedy thing that we don't have a title for yet. Uh, Punisher now going into development. Uh, Marvel, apparently we've got another one that Marvel is doing, a, another comedy that doesn't and nobody knows anything about, plus that super secret one that somebody's working on that still nobody knows anything about. Galavant, yeah. um, Forever, which was canceled last season. Um, Angel from Hell, I guess you could maybe consider that one uh, a genre. Colony. Um, what's this one? I'm not reading my own... Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, that's either a U or a CL. Undone. What is that one? No, that's... It's a... It's a... It's a... I wrote I wrote all this stuff down in shorthand those abbreviations I don't know but yeah yeah 60, 60 some odd shows pa uh, past present future in you know, you know the last the last two years and now yeah it's crazy well well but again I think that we we to some degree you know this is the generate the, the people who are producing these shows. Um, in many ways, are the Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Star Trek, the motion picture, and Wrath of Khan audience. Oh, this is the Under the Dome. That's what that is. Un Under the Dome. Oh, okay. yeah. Which I think is canceled. Yes. Um, so it's, you know, I mean, we're <laughs> for good and for ill, and we've certainly talked about the ill with when it comes to doing like remakes of old television, for mm. example. Yeah. Um, you know, you have these, you know, the, the folks who are, they are the folks who grew up on uh, these shows. And they're the stuff, that's the stuff they got excited about. So I think that, you know, along comes Iron Man and the Star Trek reboot, whatever you think about it, it was hugely popular. Um, you know, you've got the, this explosion of genre movies that really, really had an impact. I mean, the Marvel, you know, historically, when you, when they look back, when, you know, future generations look back, they will see, you know, the Marvel explosion as being a real turning point for how people were looking at um, wide, you know, wide audience genre appeal. Yeah. Um, because, and, you know, and we've talked about this before, too. Keep you know you keep seeing those news, news stories where someone says, you know, you know, second tier hero Iron Man. And oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, you know, for for the comic book fans, they're like, what are you talking about? But for the wider audience, yes, they didn't. Know, the wider audience didn't know who Tony Stark was. Um, so you look at this. It kicked. You know, it, it didn't just open the door. It kicked the door open. Yeah. Uh, and walked in and said, you know, I have arrived. And and so it's been it's been interesting, but like we've talked about um, uh, quite a few times over on, on Rogue's Gallery is, you know, how long can we maintain um, this this level of of genre interest? And honestly, I think we're probably going to keep it in TV a long time um, because your production budgets are lower than doing a feature film you don't have to worry about the you don't have to worry about the, the advertising 
expenses that you have to make up and, you know, all that stuff, all the things that make it really hard to make a, um, a profitable movie. Right. You don't, a lot of that stuff, I mean, and they're not, not to discount the challenges of doing television because there are a lot of challenges doing a series, but you know, we're, we're in that model now. We've got six episodes or 10 episodes or, you know, 12 on the outside, 13. Um, so it becomes a different, I, th- I think, I think TV wise, um, that is a, an area we're not going to, I don't think we're, we sh- we're going to have to worry as much about the bubble bursting. Um, that then I think some people are about the, the superhero bubble. Right. Um, because I think the TV has got a, you've got a, and, and because we have so many different choices now, and there's downsides to that as well, but they're not going after the giant audience they needed to go after before. Does it seem to you that we've got some more, uh, the time travel seems to be the big thing now, because uh, Doctor Who's got a spinoff with class, we've got Outlander, which is time travel, now we've got Legends of Tomorrow, which is time travel, we've got this new one from Kripke and, and Ryan that's a time travel, um, Gallivant is a period piece, does it well, seem like does it um, seem like we're we're starting to get? Are we seeing the next wave of well, of uh, I, well? I, I mean, because Man in the High Council is alternate alternate universe, parallel universe, which is kind I of think, kind I of think, split timeline. Well, and I, I yes and no. I think that uh, um, what we have because we're not looking at um. We're not looking at shows that are basically covering the same ground the same way. Right. Um, so, I mean, you know, Doc, Doctor Who is, uh, you know, an adventure series. Class is Earthbound. Um, uh, uh, Outlander is an adaptation of an of a extremely popular um, book series that has a time travel element, certainly, and it is, it's key to the story. But it's also about the relationships in the story and the history. I think yeah. that's the reason that book series had the appeal, um, and why when because it was out it, it was coming out when I was a book dealer, and there was this huge debate going on constantly of where we were supposed to shelve it because um, is it romance? Is it on, supernatural? Is it sci-fi? Right, exactly. Or is it, is it is it general fiction? Is it romance? Um, and the the idea that it was just one of those series that crossed over, um, that was not a something you would pigeonhole into a into a specific genre. How dare um, they do that? Well, yeah, and and well, and and publishers publishers marketing departments hate that stuff. Yeah, uh, I imagine because you know. It, it makes it harder. <laughs> and, you know, uh, it, it's hard enough to get, you know, to market a book. Um, to, especially if it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's uh, uh, you know, it's the same challenges that, that movies have only, you know, um, uh, well, okay, they've been, they've been threatening the death of the book for ever now. And it's not going anywhere, um, but but the, it land, is, it is the landscape harder. the landscape for marketing has changed a lot because I remember 
um, two years ago. When was it? I had I, I interviewed Ann Crispin um, mm -hmm. about a year before she died, and we were talking about the change in we were, well it was we were, when her Pirates of the Caribbean uh, prequel book came out. We were talking about yeah. that, but we were talking about the fact that the publishers are now having to rely on their authors to do a lot more of the heavy lifting when it comes to marketing a book because budgets have changed, priorities have changed, uh, demographics, target markets. You, you've got all the social media. I mean, there's so many different ways now that you can market a book that right. we, uh, where, where do you put your priorities? Where do you put your emphasis? Where do you put the money? You know, how do you how do you spend your marketing budget to reach the most people? And well, it's a and it's a tough nut to that, crack. But, but you look at the the fact that, um, and this has been going on for a very long time, but it's something that's very very noticeable now is that if you are not a big name author, you are not going to come with a big advertising budget. There are very few books that the publisher sits there and goes. You know, it doesn't have a name attached. Yeah. Um, you know, that is, it's, it's like, well, it's like a movie. You know, it's just, it's the same thing. So, you know, it's when, when if, you're, if you're making an independent feature film, they tell you, go get a name actor. It doesn't have to be a big name actor. It just has to be somebody that you can sit there and build your marketing around. Well, it's the same thing for publishing. If you are Stephen King, you have an advertising budget built in. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, and, and if you can get, say, oh, I don't know, Idris Elba to star in the new adaptation of The Dark Tower, <laughs> which, by the way, amazing casting. I'm all for it. Yep. Um, and Stephen King is ecstatic, which is, you know, exactly the way it should be. Um, but, you know, if you're not Stephen King, you're not you're not going to get that kind of budget because that's just the realities of the business, right? They right. they're going to put them heavy. They're going to put the advertising money with the folks they know are going to sell, right? And which and, of course is exactly exactly backwards. Yeah, and with uh, with self publishing, you have no budget. I mean, you've got. I mean, you have social media. I mean, the one the one that I did here a couple of years ago, you know, it sits it sits there on Amazon, and it's one of the, you know it's a it's a, a print on demand, or an ebook. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I don't have a marketing budget. I don't have any way of telling anybody about it except for social media. It's like, hey, I wrote a book. Here's a link. But, uh, right. you know, outside of that, I don't, I don't have a bajillion dollars to spend to, to tell people about what we did. Well, and, and, and you and I, you know, made Randolph Carter uh, an adaptation of a, stand, a statement of Randolph Carter. And we have names in that one. We've got, uh, you know, Superman and Yoda are in that movie. Um, and, and you're right. And one of the reasons that we did that is because people will come to see a movie that's got Tom Kane and Jeff East in it, as opposed to Clem Cadiddlehopper and, and Joe Schmo playing, well, playing and, detectives. You know, yeah. And, and not, you know, that, that, and the fact that those, both those guys are really cool and, yeah. and great to have around, um, you know, uh, for the folks for the folks who don't necessarily know, and you should by now, of course, you've been listening to us all this time, right? Um, Tom Kane, the voice of Tom Kane, regularly appears on this very 
podcast. Yes, and he our is. Other podcast as he well. is the voice of Cybermen Radio. Exactly. We're, we're so happy he to is, have him. Uh, you know, the fact that the fact that you know she comes along and plays with us is amazing and wonderful. But yeah, so it's a, it's a it's a thing where you get something like um, Outlander or some of these other things where. As long as you're not saturating it with the same kind of story, you know. So, so some of this, I think that if uh, uh, whatever this new in time show or whatever this, this these other time travel shows are doing, as long as they're not all treading over the same ground, um, and I think there's a lot of different ways you can play with time travel. And it's not like that we haven't had time travel TV shows before that weren't Doctor Who. Right, um, but I don't know. It's 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 interesting to see that there's that coming up now. I don't know how much of that, you know. You could probably argue that a lot of that is Doctor Who. Um, you know, uh, the global reach of that show. The uh, you know, and and yes, there's all the people who are whining about. Uh, and yes, I said whining. I'm, there's no, I'm not mucking around here. <laughs> Whining about the, the the viewing numbers of Doctor Who. Oh yes. And I'm like, you know what? Ten percent of England, yeah, of the UK watches that show through the regular rec- regular trackable uh, uh, mediums. That does not inc- does not count. BBC America, it does not count uh, its viewing numbers anywhere else. Right. Um, and the UK has the same thing that we have here, which is the num- amount of choices, the number of people, you know, the, the number of things you can watch. No one is going to deny that Daredevil was an incredibly successful show. But I guarantee you that the numbers of the the number of people who watched Daredevil 15 years ago, they would have canceled it. Oh, yeah, easily. What what, what was it they were saying? Uh, NBC apparently has has hacked into data that says that Jessica Jones got, what, four and a half million? Or was it was that the number that I saw? Um, Something like that, yeah. Yeah, which on CW would be pretty good, but on yeah. on a network like NBC or or CBS, it would have it would have died the first five or six episodes. Oh, it, they would have. It, it would no. I think that would be one of those shows where it got one episode, they yanked it and replaced it with a game show um, <laughs> fifteen years ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's. The, the the model is completely different. You cannot look at you cannot look at this stuff the same way because it just isn't that way anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, or you have you have people who you know are watching, you know, their entirety of of their programming online. They're not watching through a network box. They're not you know, and they're and they're never going to get hit with a, a you know a Nielsen rating. Uh, you know, they're not, they're, they're not going to be a Nielsen family. Right. Um, so it's just, you know, the, the, the model is so different now that, 
you know, you, the numbers that they got for Jessica Jones, the numbers they got for Daredevil, the numbers they're getting for Doctor Who or anything on, you know, sci-fi or, uh, you know, CW or whatever, um, you know, that they're not, they're not looking at, they're not looking for 20 million people. Well, you can't anymore. Yeah, they're not looking for 10 million people. They're, if they get four or five or eight, yep. um, they're very happy. <laughs> I, I forgot I forgot the librarians in Z Nation. Oh, yeah. So well, we're, and, you we're, know, here, we're well over 60 there. You know, we've talked, we've talked about, we've talked about before how the, the sci-fi channel seems to be moving towards getting their act together. Yeah. Um, and as much as it pains me, because Z Nation is an asylum show. It's the first asylum TV show. And as far as I can tell, the only asylum TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually very entertaining. Um, it's the antidote to The Walking Dead. If, our, <laughs> if you are tired of, of the, the pain and suffering of The Walking Dead, and clearly, as one of sci-fi for me, is Team Zombie. I'm not, because I'm angry with myself, or I have rage issues, or yep, you have moral quandaries. Like myself very much, or, Mor- moral quandaries. Um, maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, uh, Walking Dead. Walking Dead is is fifty percent of the time. Walking Dead is brilliant TV, and fifty percent of the time it's Walking Dead. Um, but Z Nation is dumb, but it's fun. So it's, you know, it's, so it's an interesting thing. You can, for, for the fact that we were actually worried a few years ago about getting zombie overload. Doesn't seem to have happened yet. No, and we only really have three zombie TV shows, and they're very different. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think if you can, you know, uh, you can have a variety um, in playing in the same world to a degree. Because, I mean, Walking Dead, Z Nation, and I Zombie are all very different shows, um, and uh, the fact that I Zombie is doing as well as it is, um, and it's as good as it is, yeah, um, is kind of cool. I mean, I I had I had mixed feelings about it because it's because it's it's that risky thing where you take a, a a very unknown comic property mm-hmm. uh, in, in the wider audience world. Right. Um, but at the same time, you're also freer to do more with it because you're not restricted by the giant fan base necessarily. Right. Um, it's like Lucifer. It's like Lucifer coming out. You know, the vast majority of the people who are going to watch Lucifer. Um, are not going to be the folks who were reading the Vertigo comic, um, and uh, <laughs> and so consequently are not going to be slightly traumatized by the fact that it's very <laughs> very different than the Vertigo comic. Yeah, um, and that's okay. I enjoyed the pilot. I enjoyed the pilot a lot. I laughed way too much um, and had a really good time with it. Um, and you know, and it's not the Lucifer show I wanted to see. But um, I'm I'm going to be watching it because it, I enjoyed myself. Yeah. 
Um, so it's, you know, I think it, I think it becomes the thing where, um, and I don't know, maybe we're, maybe we're primed at this point. Maybe we're primed that we're not, because we've had movies like, uh, Constantine and, um, and TV shows like the flash and arrow where you're playing fast and loose with continuity. Right. Um, that I think that I think that there's more of an audience that is willing to, and more of a comic audience too, more of a fan audience that's willing to forgive. You know, getting outside of the. Yeah, as long as know. it's not too egregious, an offense. Well, or, or as long as it's just not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is awful. I don't care, you know. I no. don't care if I love this comic book series. This is a terrible TV show. If it's a good TV show, I think I think the audience is savvy enough to to know that there's uh, there's differences between the mediums. Yeah, and there ha- and there has to be that you can't uh, you can't expect you know you you couldn't do. The Vertigo series of Lucifer on television. You can't. Not on network nobody, TV anyway. Yeah, you, you don't have that, you know, studios are not going to throw that much money on an ongoing series. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't even, you couldn't, you, you would have to, the special effects budget as a feature. Um, that's one of the reasons why Sandman has been so hard to get off the ground and why it took so long to go into production. You know, um, that's why, uh, you know, the fact that we're getting Preacher, um, which looks pretty different from the comic. Um, you know, the, you know, that stuff is, the fact that that stuff happens at all is kind of amazing. Well, and, and with Dominic Cooper over there, that, that gives me a, a, an opening back into Agent Carter because you were not part of that conversation over at Level 117 this week. Sadly, did you, no. Did you, have you, did you see the, the Captain America 75th anniversary Special. I did. Have you caught that? I did. Okay. So here's here's a here's a, a a question. This is something that I noticed, uh, and I'll get your opinion on it since you weren't able to to join us on that show. We'll we'll end with this. I saw when they were talking about the Fantastic Four and the rise of you know the 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 birth of Marvel, and uh, the Fantastic Four being the first title that that they brought back as Marvel Comics. I noticed that the still they used when they were talking about the Fantastic Four translating into film and TV, the still they used was from Corman's film. Did you see that? Did you notice <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Which started a, a, a whole thread of conversation on on eleven uh, seven, where I was speculating as to whether or not either either Marvel is rubbing Fox's noses in it. Or Marvel just dropped a big hint about maybe possibly some kind of an official acknowledgement of the Corman film. Which do you think it might well, be? Well, yeah. First of all, I think they I, they should acknowledge the Corman film just because the cast and crew thought they were making a film. Yeah. Uh, and from as the standpoint of someone who has been both cast and crew, 
and has directed both cast and crew, um, they deserve the you know acknowledgement and, and recognition for the work that they did, no matter how bad the film turned out, right? Right. Secondly, have you seen that Marvel finally explained what happened to the Fantastic Four since they rebooted their universe? Yes, Secret Wars number nine is where they revealed all of that. All right, and yeah. so what is it? How does it? How did for, for the folks at home? This would be a spoiler. No, we're gonna spoil it. <laughs> sure. Um, they basically have it's revealed that Reed and Sue and their kids are off creating universes. Right. And which is, you know, they're the first family of Marvel. They're off creating universes. Mm -hmm. This is not a, we had, we had speculated very, a lot of people have speculated that the reason the fantastic four comic got canceled or the reason these characters basically dropped off the face of the planet was because of the whole, you know, Marvel, everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we don't have the rights to make movies, so we're just going to cancel. With the, you know what? I, I, something like that makes me think that that's not the case at all. Well, and because I saw, it, who was it? Was it Tom Brevoort? I saw an interview, uh, read an interview with him, I think it was, talking about one of the reasons, the, the main reason behind the decision to put the, put the Fantastic Four away for a while is so people would, people would get to the point where they'd miss them. And that's when you bring them back. Yeah. And then, you know, from a marketing standpoint, I can see that where, where, you know, if you've got a title, if you've got characters in a title that just does not sell very well, no matter what the incarnation is, and when, you know, First Foundation or, or Fantastic Four or whatever, whatever other titles have been over the years, because they've rebooted the Fantastic Four several times, and it's just never, oh, sure. do, never done that well. Um, I, it, it makes sense that you put it away, you know, put it up on the shelf for a little bit and let it kind of sit and and simmer, and then when people are sitting there going, you know, I, whatever happened to the Fantastic Four? That's when you bring them back, and I think yeah. that's a smart move. Um, but I think also, you know, since we're coming up very, very close on the 25th anniversary of the Corman film, that, that should, there should be something there. And I just want to say for, now that you've brought that up, ow, God, really 25 years. Wow. I know. <laughs> well, it was what, 1994 is when that was out? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Wow. So we're on we're on year twenty two. They got time to restore it and master it to Blu-ray and release it for a twenty fifth anniversary edition. Oh, uh, I want the commentary track on that one so bad. Oh no, kidding, right? That oh, would be, that and they would do be it. So cool. Ooh, they do it in a dual pack with the documentary. See, that would be. I, I'd 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 buy that. I'd buy it. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> oh, yeah. let's not bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's yeah, good. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, um, yeah, it is. It is a, an interesting. Well, um, uh, look at that. We we found a topic to discuss for an hour. Look at that. See how we do. We're funny that way. 
I suppose. All right, so the hashtag, H2O Podcast 100. Ask us anything. Stump the host. Uh, send us your questions on the social it's media. It's not that hard. No, it's not. We've actually gotten a few, and, and they're pretty good questions, so we will, we will be answering those on our 100th episode, which is in three weeks. Wow. Uh, yeah, we are we are right now. This one is episode 97. So we've got three more. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, the hashtag H2O Podcast 100. You can also send us an email, H2O at sci-fi for me.com, or you can leave us a, a comment, or you can call our hotline, area code 573-42-SCI-FI, and uh, be sure to leave a message. You have to wait for the beep. Uh, because that is not a live line, it's a message line. But uh, we do listen to all of the messages, we read all the email, we read all the comments. Uh, even the rude ones that we don't publish. But, uh, you know, fortunately, our audience is smart and savvy enough that they don't send us the rude comments that very often. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, yeah, check out our other podcasts. Check out our our, our video over at, uh, at Sci-Fi For Me TV over on YouTube. Um, we've got our Star Wars news uh, back in, in circulation with Salacious Crumbs. We just dropped another entry in the Sci-Fi For Me journal. Uh, I, I had a chance to go interview uh, the cast of a play here in uh, Kansas City. It's called Pontypool, and it is a rather interesting concept of that, uh, of that show. Uh, so you can check that out, and uh, also check out our sister site, HorrorForMe.com. And that's going to do it for us this time around. Uh, all the social media are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, to, uh, Google+, Tumblr, YouTube. And, uh, of course, the, the, the news and the recaps and the, uh, the opinion pieces we publish over at SciFiForMe.com. Uh, Timothy Harvey, thanks very much for another stimulating Always. conversation. Always a pleasure, sir. And uh, my name is Jason Hunt. On behalf of all of us here at Sci-Fi for Me, thanks very much for joining us, and we will be back with another episode next week. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. 